Hello, everybody, and welcome back to thedeathstoreprods.com, a movies and a television podcast. As always, I'm Dad. Remember, today we have Cave. And I'm Cave, man. <laughs> no, dude, like, it just cut off at the end of your th- end of your thing, so I was like, did he Did he just freeze? Did he say my name? Did he, like, lead for me to go in? <laughs> oh, good. It's going to be one of those kind of shows. Yep. <laughs> one of those kind of shows. So anyway, um, if things sound a bit different or things get super bad, that's because I'm that's because I'm coming to you guys from a brand new location. Also, if I sound a bit more restrained than usual, that's because I am not sure of how loud I can be at what hours before people in the house start getting mad. It's time for a stress test. Yeah. Wouldn't a stress test be watching something terrible? I'd, I'd do that to you guys anyway. Yeah, this is a different kind of stress test. This, this, this is testing the stress of the people surrounding me. Yeah. 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 <sighs> so, Why do you hate us? I, you know, I need to do something. It's... Schadenfreude is real, man. It's real and it runs deep. But anyway, we're talking about fucking movies and stuff. Um, just for reference to the folks at home, uh, we are recording this on July 1st, Canada Day. Which means that we will not have a chance until the next episode to talk about season three of Stranger Things or the new Spider-Man movie. Which both Oh come out, god, the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah, which both come out this week. I'm going to badger my wife into uh, take into going to see that with me. I've specifically Jeez. budgeted my money so that I have enough movie. To, I have enough money to go see it. I really hope that I actually go see it this weekend because that way we can talk about it the week after next. <laughs> God damn it! Why does our recording schedule work like this? I'm. Why are you flicking a lighter directly in front of your microphone? It's not directly in front of my microphone. It was way off to the side. My microphone's just that good. <laughs> what? And I'm a fidgeter. Do you have it set to the butt? Uh, yeah, it's on the butt side. Okay. For anyone curious, I'm asking if you had it set to the cardioid polar pattern and not the omnidirectional or stereo polar patterns. <laughs> Caveman does not understand what those words mean, so I had to describe it in words he could understand. Yes, it does. Do we've, had this, like, we've had this conversation like when I was first getting this mic set up. He was like, wait. Do you have the light facing you or the butt facing you? Like after trying to say it the proper way. And I was like, oh, is it supposed to be the butt? And I turned it around and it sounded infinitely better. He was talking backwards into his microphone. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't get why the light's on the back. I... Like, I understand why the headphone jack is on the back. That was explained to me and makes sense to me now. The mic being on the back still bothers me. I mean, not the mic. The light being on the back still bothers me. Yeah. If the mic was on the back, we'd still be having problems. <laughs> uh, anyway. As you're here talking about fucking movies and stuff, um, 
And for the most part, it seems like it's going to be a pretty positive show overall, with one exception, which I feel like I should get out of the way early. Yep, let's start on, on it. Yeah, so, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Okay, I'm just going to say this right the fuck now. No. Oh? I'm sure there are people who enjoy that show and Riverdale. No. Yeah, no. And I'm not saying that you can't enjoy a show like that. I'm saying you shouldn't be enjoying that show. Because that show took an original and interesting concept, as did Riverdale, and just shat all over it so they could make what they thought would catch the audience's eye. And sadly, because so many fuckers are watching that insipid drivel, they're actually still making money off of it. Stop watching it so they'll go and make a show that's not called Sabrina about the same goddamn concept and actually be goddamn original. Because then I might actually be able to enjoy it instead of being like, man, why would they make my favorite characters cannibals? Well, I think they got that from the comic. Because there is, because the, this is, this is quote unquote based on a comic book. And the comic book is a lot darker. Like Lilith, the the first witch lady, uh, her eyes are skulls in the comic. Also, Salem is still a character. Which I'm pretty sure the reason that Salem isn't a character in this is because A, no one can write well enough for him to be, a, to be as good of a character as he could be. And B, the main actress is allergic to cats. So, you know, there's that. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, it is a Netflix series based off of, well, quote unquote, based off of a comic from the Archie Horror line, which is a surprisingly solid comic imprint. Yeah, no, I'll give that credit. Well, yeah, if you get a chance, Jughead too. the Hunker is great. Like, Archie Comics overall is surprisingly solid. Yeah, it is so goddamn weird that in fucking 2019, Archie Comics is still putting out quality material. Yeah, like, my wife had the flu a while ago, and I got her an Archie Comics issue, and I actually read the whole thing through, which I didn't think would be happening. I expected it was like, oh, look, I've already read this entire thing in various other Archie No, it's brand spanking new. All like, new ideas, all new stories. Like, was it it's n- actually really good? Like, was it new Archie or like the Archie that you see at like the front counter of grocery stores? New Archie. Okay, so the Mark Wade stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Wade. Mark Wade did a Mark Wade's doing a really good job, and then I kind of fell off of it because he took the story back to the 1940s. Like, okay, so all right, look, they may have based it off of the comic, but that doesn't mean shit. Because they weren't banking off of, oh, hey, I read that comic. They were banking off of, oh, hey, I watched that show. Yeah, it's like, and that's oh, the part Riverdale. That I've seen Riverdale. That's the part that makes me angry. Yeah, and wait, so for Riverdale, what original idea were you thinking of? Because that show is just, what if Twin Peaks was sexy and stupid? They could go with that. Just don't call it Twin Peaks or Riverdale. <laughs> call it something else. Name your characters something unique and original instead of just stealing names from other characters and then slapping them on the wrong character. Yeah. Like fucking uh, old-ass teacher hag. I still can't get over the fact that she's hot, young, and sleeping with her students in, the, in Riverdale. So actually, that isn't the real Mrs. Grundy. Okay. She's, yeah, uh, I, think, I think that's the teacher's name, right, Miss Grundy? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I just couldn't remember it. Yeah, so uh, I think in either the near the end of the first season or, or like or like around the beginning of the second season, they actually reveal that the teacher Archie's been fucking is just some weird lady who fucking stole Miss Grundy's identity, and Miss Grundy is this a straight up old ass lady. Okay, see that's funny, but they buried the lead. Yeah. Also, you know, statutory rape as well, what are your main plot lines? And framing it like it's a good thing. Well, there, there, it's a, it's a guy sleeping with an older woman. That's perfectly still not okay. Yep, he is still underage. It's <sighs> like. This is li- that's actually literally one of the biggest problem that I- problems that I have with masculine culture overall. If a boy reports a rape, they're laughed at. Yep, there is a there is a very there is a severe problem with that. There is a very heart wrenching video out there of a comedian telling this exact same story and slowly breaking down over the course of it. It is it is a real it's a real fucking watch. But anyway. Uh, so, with uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, watch the first season. It was not very good, but overall oh, what fine. It, main, it mainly got by on some, in hindsight, pretty poorly co-opted horror imagery for me. And acting that was overall, eh. But going into the second, going into the second part, as they call it which I did not realize had come out fucking four months before I started watching it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's bad. It got a lot worse. Like, I watched the first ten minutes of the first episode. I probably and that was as far as I could get. Yeah, probably should have been the same for me. But no, I'm an idiot. And what really killed it for me was how dumb all of the characters acted. <laughs> uh, because these, these, like in the original show, this was a group of intelligent women who used their powers to their advantages. In this, the ten minutes I saw, they did not act intelligent. Yeah, nah, it's just, it's bad. And it got a lot worse when it started being, when it started being much more so about something. Because remember, in the first season, there were hints of there were there were like you know tones of it because it's today uh, of like you know female empowerment and taking down the patriarchy and shit. Uh, going into this, the main thrust of this, well, the main thrust, quote unquote, of this season is dealing with a dealing with a new pope, basically, who wants to. Uh. Well, you remember a. Uh, Blackwood, the well, no, you don't, you, don't, you don't remember him. There's a guy called Blackwood. He was the he was one of the primary antagonists of the first season and the second season, and he is straight up a misogynist. And his big storyline is trying to get the fucking entirety of the goddamned witch church to go back to the fucking 1950s or the fucking eight you or know, the fucking 1550s. You know what or he's meant to parallel? Yeah, of course I fucking do. And that's why I'm groaning over here. I'm groaning because you can have a story like this, but you don't have to make it so in your goddamn dick about it. Like fucking Zelda. 
She ends up marrying this motherfucker, comes back, and she got fucking Stepford wived because the, because apparently some time back in whatever, goddamn warlocks were like, hey, what if our wives weren't? And they just fucking made a spell to make them goddamn like 1950s robots. And even that could be interesting. Yeah, but it's not. You just gotta execute it properly. Hell, Stepford Wives is interesting. Yeah, because like Stepford Wives is a fucking well, the original Stepford Wives, not that fucking Vigo shit. No, I'm but, obviously talking about the original. But like old school Stepford Wives is a fucking it's creepy classic. as fuck. It's creepy as fuck. Yes, like you just but like with, you feel off put the entire fucking like. Yes. Meanwhile, with this, it is. It is a it is a series that is purported to be to have horror elements in it, and they are playing this largely for comedy. Like the most horror shit she does is take a fucking rat and put it into a meat grinder, like one of those hand crank meat grinders. That sounds delicious. And yeah, like the music is whatever, but they don't actually show anything that would elicit a real reaction, except for hey, here's here's a lady holding a rat tail above a meat grinder while some fucking poop comes out of the other end. Mmm, rat burgers. That's not scary. That's just funny. What was the name of that movie? Uh, Demolition Man? Yeah, Demolition Man. Taco Bell and rat burgers. Yeah. The way of the future. Are you eating a rat burger? That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Uh as long as they got the hair and bone out, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, for this thing, she took the rat and put it in a hole. And by the way, this rat was also familiar. Woo. Which are weird. They're weird. Like they are like extra dimensional beings that are humanoid that then take on the shape of animals. But when they die, they begin growing human parts out of them. Gross. Tremendously gross. Yeah. And at one, and at one point in the fucking first season. Oh, God. Dead, I know what kind of horror this thinks it is. What's that? It's shock horror. <laughs> no, it isn't. It is well that's what it wants to be. It if if it was, they would have had a they would have had the fucking rat being ground up in frame. Yeah, but there's certain things that you can't do. Like they still wanted to reach the widest audience possible. So So they decided to go for Sabrina the Teenaged Witch. Yeah. PG-13 shock horror. So not shock horror. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, yeah, so that is a huge thrust of the second part is just, yo, we got to fucking take that to patriarchy. Sabrina's at this school and she's going to go. She's going to literally embed herself into every single issue about gender politics this show can think of. Yay. And then the actual main thrust of the entire series is resolved in three episodes. <sighs> Since the beginning of the show, fucking Lilith or whatever the goddamn insane witch granny is, the one who fucking took over the school, she has been trying to brute force a prophecy that would result in Sabrina unlocking the gates of hell and bringing forth Satan. To rule okay. over the world and whatever. Okay. And so they find out about... So, like, they find out for realsies about it about halfway through... 
it's, I think it's like a 10 episode bit. They find out around episode five, I think. She becomes Satan Jesus. Loses her Satan Jesus powers. Opens up the gates of hell. Then beats Satan. Every br- every break I took, yeah, it's like every break I took was essentially the next episode. And the way they beat Satan is stupid, because they literally showed why it wouldn't work two episodes, like four episodes prior. How do they beat Satan with a glamour? Yeah, at one point, like, earlier in the season, they fucking glamoured themselves up to look like the goddamn ghosts of Sabrina's parents. And then Blackwood, fucking shitbird Pope man, is like, that's a fucking glamour. Get the fuck out of here, children. Then you get to Satan, and they, and they, it's like, we're gonna do the greatest glamour ever, which is, they generate 15 people. And Satan can't figure it out. And then, a... And then a, I believe a 17 year old high school student, um, uses his, uses his still in learning magic and binding magic to pull Satan into his body and then gets knocked the fuck out. They beat Satan by having a, by having a bunch of teenagers, some of whom aren't even witches or have any kind of magical power whatsoever, chant a spell at him. They cast a second level spell at him. (laughs) Basically. They cast mirror image and somehow that allowed them to win the fight. Yeah, because apparently the Lord of Darkness can't see through a fucking glamour cast by a goddamn teenager. This is a third level character casting a second level spell. Also, Satan, he fucking sucks. Well, yeah. No, like, Satan is usually pretty interesting. This Satan fucking sucks. He's a dork. Say hi to the internet, kitten. So, for one thing, um, the actual, I think, so the puppet of Satan, because for a good chunk of it, Satan is partially puppet. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just got a mental image. Of that puppet from the Goosebumps movies with, like, a pair of devil horns and Satan with his hand up his ass like, yeah, you want to fight me now, huh? <laughs> yeah, slappy as Satan. Yes! That would be the best Satan ever! Uh, no, so this Satan, he is, uh, you know, Goat Man. Oh, Lord. Uh, but Aren't we past that yet? Nope. But the, pu- but the like, animatronic head and stuff they have for him, because it's, like, an animatronic head... On top of a person in makeup wearing goat legs. Why? Because because they had to have Satan on screen, apparently. I don't know. It's stupid. But actually just putting horns on him would have been more effective. It actually would have, because the puppet head doesn't have a lot of articulation. Post an image. I have to see this. Okay, uh, I ha- I, ha- I have to see it because I don't know what terms to search for. I don't know if I'll actually find the right thing. I have to see how dumb this is. Okie doke. All right, let's let it load. 
but like, I just I have to say this. Oh my god! Seriously. <laughs> oh my god! I have to watch just for that. And so, do you want to know what makes it worse slash better? What? So, like I said, it doesn't articulate a lot. So the way they go about that is digitally warping it. Oh no! And then there's. I have to watch this trailer fire. And then there's his voice. So when you think Satan, what voice does he have? Um, normally deep, gravelly, like kind of generic monster voice with just enough charm to make it possible for him to convince you of something. Okay. And then just for reference, for me, it is either a, it is typically a voice of a very charismatic, very affable kind of person that when you fucking piss him off, goes into the fucking deep gravel Dr. Claw voice. See, like, basically, my voice is yours fused into one. Because it would be, it would be, is he trying to seduce you or is he trying to intimidate you? That would determine where he falls on the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. With this Satan, however, he is in, he goes, he instead goes for the, um, raspy, barely winded, barely audible fucking gravel whisper. All right, folks. So the next, uh, Xing with X, chilling with Sabrina. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Yeah, sure. I'll take it. I can I have Netflix on my, on my desktop. We can watch this together, my friend. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's so that's the whole thing. And he ends up getting into a little disagreement with Lilith or whatever, and they make a bet about whether or not Sabrina will turn will turn evil. And the way that they go about this is he does he does the whole like hey seduce you over to the dark side thing by by saying so the logic of what he is doing is supposed to be I ask you to do one small innocuous thing, then something a bit more, then a bit more. And slowly but gradually, you begin to justify your own actions to the point where you are able to justify doing all kinds of horrible shit that Satan wants. Yeah, that actually, that's not a bad plan. So it starts out, hey, steal some gum. Really? Then before not she... Not even something that could be neutrally like, yeah, no, it's generically potentially no, good. No, it is shoplift 50 cents worth of gum. And then before she does that, he starts telling her to murder people. Oh my god, Satan, come on. You had a good plan. And, like, the first murder should always be a justifiable one. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, but it isn't. Th- this first murder is, hey, this girl, has a, this girl has a role in this school play that makes her make out with a guy you like. Kill her. On stage. In front of everyone. No, the fir- during rehearsal. The first, mur- the first murder to actually turn someone evil, you get them to kill a rapist. Yeah, like it. Well, it is. Yeah, it is either you put them in a situation where they have to kill someone, or you ask them to kill someone who is, by their standards, evil. Yeah, and then they start justifying. Well, this person did wrong too, and then, like, why are we helping Satan? <laughs> because Satan is an interesting character in media, and he deserves better. He shouldn't be written this incompetent that we can give him suggestions. <laughs> Take notes from Lucifer, damn it! <laughs> yeah, and Lucifer is like the best portrayal of Satan in popular media. Yeah, because that Satan's a character who like develops and is like you know he he is everything bad. He like he's like everything people associate with Satan while still being like a good character. Mm-hmm. 
Oh man, I I need to finish season four. I need to catch up. I only I'm only at the end of season one. Well, hey, it's all on Netflix. Yeah, I know. So I'm season watch fi- season five, the final season coming soon. Ugh. Yeah, so that's that's the whole thing. And then we get into the actual um I mentioned Satan Jesus earlier. And that's like that's literally what happens. Uh Sabrina gets like so so introduce so a concept introduced in the first season is witch hunters. People know about the existence of witches and go to hunt them down and stuff. You know, standard shit. That amounted to a slight disagreement between characters in the first season and then nothing. And then it wow. got and then it got reintroduced in this season for an episode where those witch hunters turn out to be angels. No. And then it is never brought up again. Uh. Yeah, like like the, like the witch hunters, they they show up and they're like fucking essentially Mormons with knives. <laughs> oh man, at least they're not Amish people with knives. Yeah, no, like they they roll they roll up on someone and it's like and, and, and like knock on the door. It's like, hi, how's it going? I'm this from this and whatever. Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior? Oh my God. And Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, and so. They eventually end up breaking into the witch school because there's a witch school. Yeah. And as the witches start casting a spell at them, they the two witch hunters begin holding hands and praying, at which point light begins to bathe down on them from the sky and the witches fucking begin bleeding out of their eyes. Yeah, we're watching this together. And they're like, hey, we're angels. And everyone's like, yes, I believe this 100%. I'm buying alcohol. I'm going to make popcorn. And you and I are going to sit down and chill with Sabrina. Yeah, so then Sabrina comes in, gets shot with a crossbow, resurrects herself, and then and then immolates them in the fires of hell. And then from then on, she is able to do all kinds of awesome, dope shit, um, just because, like, not using spells or anything. Just hey, this bird, hey, this fucking familiar is dead. Let me just hold it. Oh, it's alive again. Oh, hey, my buddy's blind. Let me just fucking let me just fucking think at this water hard. Okay, wash your face. You can see again. All of that is part of a prophecy uh, to. To open the gates of hell by having perversions of the great miracles per- performed by Jesus. You know. So, who does she make walk? Um, I don't know, because here's your thing. They only do, they only have, she only has to do like five things. Okay, does she cast 99 demons out? Uh, no, but she does, you know, heal the blind, um... And a couple other things that I can't fucking remember because they're too stupid. But one of the things that she has to do is the last thing she has to do to open the gates is do the opposite of a sacrifice. Like Jesus gave his, like Jesus gave his life for our sins. She's supposed to do the opposite of that, which is kill yourself. What? Yeah. Apparently the satanic perversion of, of the ultimate sacrifice is suicide. So, I could almost see that. So how that happens? Almost. So how that happens is she she uh, gives up all of her witch powers and pours them into a mandrake root, which then becomes a childlike, super weird version of her. And then they and they fucking decide to have a duel with pistols, but not like you know actual pistols like flintlocks. 
Uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this all happens in like the last third of the season. Because again, up until then, it has been dealing with fucking, it has been dealing with the standard CW bullshit. Is this a CW? No, this is a Netflix show. Come on, Netflix. This is No, this is a Netflix show produced by Greg Berlanti. I have no idea what he's done. He did The Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Riverdale for the CW. Ah, well, there you go. Problem solved. It's all his fault. Yes. Man, it is coming down out there. And And yeah, it's and like the and the way they beat Satan. Like like sorry, the way that they stop the gates of hell from opening is is uh so the blind lit so the blind kid, um character from the first season, uh the you saw the first episode. So you saw Sabrina's friends, right? Uh I don't remember them, so potentially. Okay, so there's a black girl, Roz. Uh who who went blind because of a witch's curse that gives her family blindness, but also psychic powers. Cool. Uh, there is Harvey. You know, Sabrina's boyfriend. The kinkmeister. Yes, Sabrina's boyfriend, who they broke up after stuff happened, and now he is dating Ross. He is also from a family of witch hunters, an artist, and apparently pretty good with a shotgun. And then there is Theo, a character who I had a very intense misunderstanding of going from season one to season two. Okay. So in season two, um, so, well, so in season one, Theo was Susie and was, you know, you know, one of the girls and stuff. And then in the second season, he came out as trans and then started going by Theo and began, you know, doing that stuff. In the first At season, least there's that. In the first season, I thought he had already come out as trans and was a man transitioning into a woman. Uh. <laughs> because that is what it felt like. Like in the first season, uh, sh- uh, then Susie uh, was being bullied by a bunch of dudes from the fucking football, from the fucking basketball team, and I'm like, oh, okay. He was Susie was originally a guy. Well, sorry, sorry, Susie was assigned at birth a guy, and then. Began the transition into Susie, at which point everyone started shitting on him. And I'm sorry if if that's uh, their kink. And I'm sorry if pronouns get weird about this. It's just I'm trying to talk about people from different points in their transition. Yeah, and uh, open statement for the site. We we attempt to respect people of all genders, races, and sexual identities. Yes. When I eventually begin shitting on Theo, it will be under it will be under his preferred pronouns and the way that he is. I will not be shitting on him for being trans. I'll be shitting on him for looking like a seven year old while wearing a mining helmet. I will likely refer to Theo as them for their pronouns, just so that I can't get confused. I will be ref- <laughs> yeah, I will be referring to the actor with them because their actor Lachlan is non binary. Well, there you go. But yeah, so that so that's what I that's what I thought like going in, like from going from season one to season two. I was like, okay, so Susie is a trans woman. That is why everyone. That's why the fucking bullies are shitting on her so hard. Because I don't know if it's different in like American high schools. For the most part, the primary like the primary bully of of people is the person of their same gender. Yeah. So yeah, ha- that's how it is. So having a bunch of dudes just target. This girl would only make like made sense to me 
if she used to be a guy. Um, it is it is very much traditional that people will be picked on by the people of the same gender. While it's not, while I'm not, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen that people of the opposite gender bully others. Uh, it is far more common, especially if it's physical abuse, for them to be of the same gender. Uh, no, this this less physical abuse, more just yo fuck you. Oh, then yeah, no, that totally shit. That shit totally happens, like all the fucking time. Yeah, Both but, sides. But anyway, um, that's the weird thing. Like, apparently they're like, no women shit on her when 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 he is Susie. Just the guys. That also doesn't really surprise me. And all um, all kind of shit like that. Uh, I don't know. I didn't spend a whole lot of time. Like, I I'm, I mainly I mainly coming at this from the from what I have seen in. What I've seen of movie and TV bullies, because because in movie and TV bullies, there's not a super amount of cross gender bullying. I come at this from having been bullied throughout most of high school, so. But anyway, yeah. So then season two comes around and it's like, "Hey, I'm Theo," and I'm like, "Wait, what? You? Oh, okay." I thought I thought that was already the storyline, but apparently I was wrong. Which, oh yeah, and then the bullying, and the bullying continues. Nothing changes really. Nothing changes until Theo, uh, using a using some fucking witch magic that Sabrina gave him, uh, causes the main bully to break his fucking leg. At which point he's like, "Yo, I could have died falling down those stairs. I've been a fucking butt to you, Theo." Like, totally. That is not how that would happen in real life. Nope. Let, let me translate that situation into real life. Once my leg is healed, I'm going to rip your testicles out and shove them down your throat. Well, he didn't know that she... He didn't know that Theo did anything. Like, cause, Okay. Because the way the spell worked is Theo twisted a rope and then Billy, the bully, because, you know... When naming when naming when naming your fucking bully, just change one vowel. Hey, this is from the this is from the same minds that originally created Riverdale. Yeah. Someone's got a multiple personality disorder and they're gonna fucking torture someone with maple syrup. Which are both things that happened in Riverdale. Mm, maple syrup. Yes. Because the fucking blossoms, the goddamn like the goddamn like red-haired lodge family build their empire on maple syrup. And the lodges come in and try to use an evil version of Dungeons and Dragons to take over the town. You mean Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> no, I mean goblins and gargoyles. Oh, sorry, griffins and gargoyles. No, even worse. Oh, <laughs> it's goddamn that rip-off game. Oh. Yeah, it was made by Jerry Jijax. <laughs> oh god yeah I it is weird this show is so goddamn weird and like the best episode of this fucking season is 
a terrible episode that just takes a bunch of horror concepts and does them the worst way possible. But it kind of makes it because they because they do like a fucking Lovecraft idea that actually works because it's kind of hard to fuck up Lovecraft and they still manage to, to almost fuck it up. That's awful. Yeah, like a tarot card reader rolls into town and they start and they like give everyone tarot readings and those co- those go into little vignettes of like, hey, here is a possible future. Oh, Lord in heaven. Like the Sabrina one ends with her dying in space. So, uh, Jason X. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, the Theo one, uh, he steals a, like, you know, gender transformation, like a, like a, tra- like a transformation spell from the fucking Spellmans and becomes a dude, which is to say they Photoshop Lachlan's head onto a do onto like a dude's body, uh, but don't try to rescale it at all. So it looks like a tiny baby head inside of a man body. And- I actually don't have a movie reference for that. Um, it's like a reverse Captain America. <laughs> where instead of taking a jacked dude and making him look small, they took a small dude and made him look jacked. Uh, but then, oh, oh, it gets even better because they need to pitch down his voice. You know, to give him a deeper voice. So mm-hmm. they, just had him, they just had him act normal and then digitally pitch down his voice. Oh, God. You know, no, you know, they couldn't like go out and find a dude who looked kind of like him, or two kind of like them. Sorry. No, instead they took the actor, just just fucking maxed maxed out their head, put it onto a buff dude's body, and then did nothing else. And then he starts turning into a tree. Why? Magic. Oh, okay. And then, and then you get to the then you get to the Harvey story, and that one is he goes to art school where he is roomed with a weirdo. Um, whenever he whenever he goes to, like at night, uh, the guy fucking is just sitting in front of a closet drawing insanely as these horrid creatures from beyond the veil are t- are talking to him through his closet and forcing him to draw and driving him insane. He finds a lot of really great art, like like does like a lot of really great art. But it, again, it's slowly killing him. As then Harvey wakes up one day, and that guy is hanging from the ceiling, dead. Yay! Free stuff. Harvey then opens the closet, which leads out into the void. Why did you do that, Harvey? You could have just taken his stuff and claimed it as your own. Yes, my it's like oh my roommate died. It is such a shame that he sold all of his earthly belongings before this happened. Hey, you guys like my new stuff? <laughs> Yeah, he needed to make rent, so he just sold me all of his stuff to pay me back for the rent. Yeah. Give me a great deal. Just look just looking through all of his artwork, looking at the dead bodies, like, you painted these? I painted these. <laughs> I'm an and art there's student. There's no one alive that can say that I didn't. <laughs> then suddenly the Shawgoth comes out from the closet and is like, actually. <laughs> I'm the model for that piece, and I can tell you that he did not paint that. That dead body up there painted that. Yes, yeah, so I'm here to collect my. I'm here to collect my likeness royalty. Also, why didn't you remove the body, Mister Kinkle? Uh, <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was artsy. Yeah, g- give the room a homey feel. I mean, n- artists are supposed to be what's that word? Erratic. Uh, I think you'd be. I think you'd be eccentric, Mister Kinkle. 
Yeah, that word. It's fine. This is an art school, not a talking school. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we had some fans. Because then I'd be like, please just draw a comic of that. (laughs) Because that would be hilarious. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, Sabrina's bad. And they're they're going to be having a third part, presumably, where a bunch of teenagers, one and a half of whom are magic, going into hell to get the, to get fucking Sabrina's boyfriend back from Satan. Uh. Which will probably be just the just the fucking Greendale town set, but with a red filter over it. Oh, definitely, fucking definitely. Yeah, these motherfuckers can't imagine hell. They might CGI in some fire. <laughs> not not like actually into the scene just have a fire effect going above the frame <laughs> just drop into the exactly. timeline drop the fire thing up drop the fire thing on top but it's like a fucking really shitty gif from like 2004 they stretched to fill the entire frame no it's not even that what they did was they just like got the they went into um photoshop got like the spray paint texture effect and just did like a few layers of like red, orange, yellow. Yeah, that looks like fire. <laughs> Maybe animated it so it waved. But that 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 might have required them work through lunch. <laughs> they went they just went to clip art and found the closest thing that looked like fire and they just put that all over the frame. Not, not even like actual clip art fire, just something that looked enough like fire that they could that they could say it's fire. No, no, what they did was they wrote the word fire using the clip art thing and had it animate into the scene. <laughs> just, just fucking, just, 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 just like, there's like red aerial font, just fire as it's like star wipes in and out of frame. <laughs> Are you sure we aren't starting with the best thing? I mean, come on. <laughs> sounds awful <laughs> oh man uh, also they didn't actually use like a red filter in the computer they just put like some red tape over the camera lens so it's, it's got little hairs and fingerprints in it but that's fine that's fine nobody will know no, no, it's not, no it's not a red gel they like they like just took they they like they filmed it on actual film and then just dipped it in red paint now, like, hey, come why, on. Like, hey, that would be unprofessional. Like, hey, why is they the entire red watercolor yeah. so it's a so it's opaque? <laughs> so not so it's opaque, so it's transparent. <laughs> we are designing the worst version of hell. <laughs> they couldn't afford paints, so they used a fruit roll-up. <laughs> oh no, they just filmed onto a fruit roll-up. Yes, they, filmed onto a fr- they filmed it onto a fruit roll-up, like those fucking old comics. <laughs> It's a revolutionary new season for Sabrina. We're going back to an old school filming technique. This was all shot on 35 millimeter fruit by the foot. (laughs) And then edited using MS Paint. Just to go, to go talk to one of the producers, and it's just someone from Netflix just drinking. We've been talking about Sabrina for like an hour. Oh, yeah. Uh, 45 minutes. 
amazing oh. so yeah chilling with sabrina coming soon <laughs> yeah and all these mother and all these motherfuckers on this thing they have twitter and stuff so they could potentially end up finding it one day oh no i actually feel bad now i'm yeah. not gonna stop we're shooting just a bunch of teenagers well, it's not their fault it's a little bit their fault they agreed to it they read this they read the first episode script and were like yeah this seems like a good project so you should be judged for everything you did when you were a teenager. Um, every professional decision I made, yes. Like naming this fucking website Death Store Prods. I could have come up with a much better name, or changed, or like, or like changed the name at some point to actually have like a usable web URL. I'm a fucking idiot, dude. Ugh. Oh, that was good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, let's change things drastically. Uh, going from failed horror to actual body horror. Because I watched Chernobyl. Ugh. Motherfucker, this is good. This was so good. This was... Oh, holy fuck, man. So, for those who don't know, Chernobyl was a big old bad thing that happened in the Soviet Union. And then Do HB- you even know what Chernobyl is? Yeah, a fucking nuclear reactor fucking exploded. Okay, because describing it as a big old bad thing that happened in the Soviet Union... Could describe anything from, you know, Putin to becoming in charge all the way back down to World War One. So Yeah. A lot of bad shit happened to the Soviet Union. This is just one of those. But one with one with uh arguably more impact on the planet. Considering yeah, that people still longer st- lasting impact in my opinion. Yeah, considering people still can't be close to it. No, you can get close to it now. Oh, God. Anyway, um, yeah, so yeah, so Chernobyl, the HBO miniseries, is a five-episode miniseries um, showing the events immediately after the explosion. Like, 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 essentially, they come in directly when the explosion happens, and then the series is just showing everything that happened after that as a result of it, uh, up to the trial uh, that happened because of this. And the head investigator guy, like five years afterwards, uh, killing himself after um, after recording and essentially like dead dropping a bunch of uh, a bunch of his a bunch of the knowledge that he had about the Chernobyl disaster, which I believe actually happened. Wow, because because, yeah, like spoiler alert, I guess for the 1980s. I'm not caught up yet. <laughs> I'm still in 74. Anyway, uh, yeah, so he... Yeah, so... Uh, the, so the, it, it's, it's really cool. Uh, because, like I said, it starts just at that fucking bit. And no one can no one can figure out how the fuck the reactor actually exploded. 
Because according to all the information they had, it shouldn't have happened. And like a, b- a big chunk of the series is just... It was deal- Cthulhu, wasn't it? Uh, no, actually, it was a design flaw in the cooling rods. I'm going to stick with Cthulhu. Yeah, so the so like the big the big kind of like antagonistic push in this thing is just kind of seeing bureaucracy and and uh, the way that uh, like the Soviet Union handled information stuff like that because because like a good like half of the deaths like half of those like early very very disgusting bad deaths that happened happened exclusively because no one told no one told anyone what actually happened and the people who did say were were just being ignored and people refused to believe them. Like the, like the main guy who kind of ran the nuclear reactor, um, people just straight up ran up and told him, Hey, the core is gone. To which his response is get this man, get this man to the infirmary. He's clearly hallucinating. And he kept like trying to force people. They like, kept like getting people, trying to pe- get people to do stuff. Um, to, cause he's, cause he's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, we just had a, like, hey, one of the cooling tanks exploded. Let's do this. And he's like, no, the reactor's gone. No, you fucking dumbass. It was the cooling tank. We're going to pour water into the reactor. And just refused to believe what was happening. Um, like, pe- like graphite. Like, graphite cooling rods were around all, like, the nuclear material. Those got fucking jettisoned out everywhere. And people touched them, and they just started fucking dying. Because, hey, radiation's bad. Radiation's bad, in fact. Yeah, and people were just like, oh, and people were like, and people were like, hey, there's graphite out there. We're all gonna die. And everyone's like, no, you fucking dumbass, go touch it. Go touch it or I shoot you. <laughs> and yeah, like the And it's really interesting actually see like watching this thing, because there's a character um played by Stellan Skarsgard. I can't remember any of these characters' fucking names because they're all goddamn Russian. In Soviet Russia, Soviet Russia, Soviet Russia. But yeah, so uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character, uh, he is a party man, you know, bureaucrat and everything. And he is like, you know, towing the party line. This is what's happening. Um, they say, they say like, hey, yeah, so they're like, so the reading, the readings that we have out there are at this level, which is about the same as a check's desk, right? So blah, blah, blah. And, the, and then like the fucking scientist, who's, name, who's the only name I actually remember, Legasov. Uh, he's like, no, you fucking dumbasses. It's the equivalent of getting 400 chest x-rays at the same time. And yeah, just watching as uh, Skarsgård goes from party man bureaucrat towing the line to, oh, wait, this is serious. Because he starts out as like a very antagonistic force towards uh, the scientist, which you would think then would mean the series would be, hey, let's watch this fucking bureaucrat get destroyed by the scientist. And then at the end of it, he'll go, hey, you scientist. But no, like he goes there, sees what the fuck is happening, understands what's happening, and then immediately changes and goes, "Okay, we need to stop this from happening. Because pretty much everyone who has an understanding of what's actually happening at Chernobyl knows what is happening there and realizes that everyone is going to die unless they do something. Meanwhile, the people who are actually responsible for it refuse to accept responsibility. Like straight up on trial, the guy who the guy who like is arguably one of the most to blame, at least at least as as far as the show's uh, portrayed them, 
he is straight up denying what happened, despite literally physical evidence explaining what happened. Yeah, it's just really good. It is very bleak. So you probably won't like it, gay man. Yeah, I, I I saw it and I was like, this is not for me. I'll probably hear Deadman talking about it. Oh, 100%. I goddamn love this. Yeah, I, while I understand the horrors, the traumas, the darkness, the depression, the evils, the manipulation, the machinations, I don't need to see it. But like, that's the thing, I've like, read about it. I learned about it. I don't need to see it. Yeah, like one of the interesting things with this, like, like they, they they paint the fucking people in charge as being, as being like quote unquote evil, but they're more just power hungry idiots. And people who just refuse to accept responsibility for anything that's happening. And the closest to evil is the guy fucking running the plant. But in terms of, in terms of like actual like threat, the threat to everything is just the politics and bureaucracy. Also radiation, but more, but like for story and dramatic purposes, yeah, fuck, radiation is goddamn terrifying. Radiation is one of the scariest things in the entirety of the real world. And the best part is, you're constantly being exposed to it. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I watched this and was immediately just like, okay, I'm not sleeping ever. I started like, looking no, up... No, actually, I most started- radiation... Most radiation and the levels you experience that aren't dangerous. I started looking up prices of Geiger counters. It'll go tick, tick, tickety, and you'll be running away home. Yep. Uh, so, actually, fun thing. Um, in those first couple episodes, they actually worked the sound of the... Uh, they actually worked the sound of, like, a Geiger counter and the way that radiation affects digital recording equipment into the actual audio and video of the fucking thing. That is awesome. But, no. Uh, fun fact for those of you who are now terrified. You are constantly being exposed to small amounts of radiation. From space. Everything from sunlight... To your microwave, to your headphones, produce micro amounts of radiation that don't actually do any harm to your body or anything. I'm developing a brain tumor. The problem comes when you're exposed to large doses of dangerous forms of radiation. Okay? Yup. Even the amount of radiation you get from an x-ray is within safe measures. So... There's no need to freak out unless you are being exposed to excessive amounts. This comes in the forms of nuclear waste, uh, proximity to uh, radioactive materials, um, or being in a site that has been affected by large-scale nuclear disasters. Now, there are ways to clean these sites up, but the best thing to do is to educate yourself, not look at fear-mongering but to educate yourself on the actual effects and signs of radiation and radiation poisoning. How did you spend the last five minutes actually giving people like a PSA about radiation safety? Yes, I did. Okay. Because I want to help the world. And even if it's only like one person who listens to it, that one person will be better educated. Yes. Cause that one person will be, well, who do you think listens to this podcast? No one. Anyway, we had one fan and he left. <laughs> well, no, we still have one because there's a guy on Twitter who's been asking me to start up the fucking Doom Patrol commentary series. 
Which, if any of you have anything you want us to watch for a commentary series, please become a patron at patreon.com. So, so uh, guy on Twitter, Patreon, Death Door Prods. Yep, you can make we'll us watch Doom anything. Control. Within reason. Hey, we're still waiting on Let's Fap. $50 tier. Speaking of Let's Fap, once uh, this recording's over, don't let me forget to tell you about the depressing news that happened with uh, my Simcest game. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, back to Chernobyl. Like, one of the really fucking cool things that I really enjoyed... It's it's this very 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 small thing that anybody who actually watches it notices, and I just really fucking appreciated it, and just kind of like the horror side of it almost. Pretty much anybody exposed to even the smallest amount of the radiation, like from the reactor, they get immediately sunburnt. Yeah, that that would happen. Yeah, and so just this, as just seeing the visual of just like a guy, totally normal. Totally like this normal everything walks up to like the edge of a hole and turns around completely burnt. Just like skin bright red. Just the look on his face. He knows that he is dead. Oh, it was so good. Trouble is really cool. And if you, uh, if you can stomach a lot of the, if you can stomach dark series is definitely for you. Uh, if you can't uh, maybe watch this other limited series that I watched. Good omens. Yeah, transitions. So, Good Omens uh, is a six-episode miniseries uh, based on a book of the same name by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Yeah, my wife uh, my wife scrolled past that and was like, oh, you'd like this. And I'm like, probably. I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, so uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant, uh, they play an angel and a demon, respectively. Uh, the angel, um, Aziraphale, he is the he is an angel who was he was he is an angel who guarded the gates of Eden. And then the demon, who currently goes by Crowley, uh was the snake that tempted Eve into eating the apple. They have been essentially the representatives on earth for their respective sides uh forever. Since there was an Earth, and they have they have essentially grown with humanity and watched humanity evolve, and they have actually taken a liking to humanity. Not not so much the people, so much as the things that they make. We do make some fun shit. Yeah, like Crowley rolls around like a fucking old school, like old school fucking Rolls Royce or something. Uh, spends a lot of his time gardening, uh, specifically terrifying his plants into being the greatest plants ever. <laughs> There's one point where he's like sitting. Look, I can't win the best garden award if you all don't do exactly as I tell you. So either you grow or I introduce you to the true horror of the fires of hell. Kinda. Not you, uh, Lily Orchid. You're beautiful. Everyone else needs to work. So, so like he, so he walk, like he's in his fucking house or whatever, and he's like watering his plants, and then looks over, looks over at one of like his new plants, a little potted plant, and is like, "Oh, there's a hole in one of your leaves." He then starts screaming at every one of his other plants that begins shaking in terror. As he takes that potted plant and throws it into a wood chipper. Ah. Yeah. It's great. So, um, then 
the story kicks off um, about 11 years prior to um, to today, basically, uh, where Crowley gets contacted by, you know, emissaries of hell or whatever, who give him the Antichrist. And so then he goes and delivers the Antichrist to a order of satanic nuns who uh, who his job it is to swap out the Antichrist with the with the newborn son of the of the uh, British ambassador to the United States. You know what I just realized? What's that? People are going to start making period pieces about the 90s soon. Yeah, soon. Oh, wait, sorry. Just rewind a bit. Uh, the American ambassador to the British government. Sorry. That that was the swap they Man, made. Man, I'm old. Yeah, that was the swap they made. Uh, so, but as they were going, as they were going to, um, like, like as they as they go as they went to make the switch, um, the another couple came in that were also having a baby on that same day. They were not supposed to give birth until next week, but you know things happen. So they roll in, get dropped into a different room, and then at which point Crowley rolls up and with the baby, and asks one of the nuns, "Hey, I'm here to drop this off. Where is the fucking thing?" And it's like, "Oh, Master Crowley, uh, they're in room number three, which is the regular couple." Mm-hmm. So they get the Antichrist. Um, the nuns steal their baby, th- and then, and then in the process, confuse this baby with the actual Antichrist, and then give this baby to the Americans. Okay, I should make one of my children the Antichrist in The Sims. That might be fun. <laughs> yeah, and so then, um, like, so they spent the, the next eleven years are spent with Crowley and Aziraphale talking to the American ambassador kid and essentially pulling him in both the directions of good and evil. So he'll end up neutral and not destroy the world. Hmm. And then interesting. Yeah. And then on the day that begins the prophecy where the fucking, where, where the antichrist is going to meet the hellhound that will help beckon in the end of the world. The hellhound doesn't show up and they're like, we've been following the wrong kid. Fuck. <laughs> and so then they are in a mad dash to go find the actual Antichrist and stop him from ending the world. All the while trying not to let their respective sides know that they're working against them. Because both heaven and hell want the want the Armageddon. Hell for obvious reasons, and heaven because they don't want because they want to get rid of hell. And heaven is So supernatural logic. That kind of thing. Like both sides want it, but like like yeah, the angels are kind of dicks. Uh, run by John Hamm. Funnily enough, which is always fun to see him around. And yeah, so it's watching this neurotic angel obsessed with food and books, uh, working alongside uh, his buddy, a demon, as both of them refuse to admit their friends as they both work together to try to stop the end of the world. Meanwhile, the Antichrist, who's been just raised by a, you know, loving but loving and very boring middle-class British family, is just kind of accidentally making the steps toward being the fucking end of the world while just being a regular kid. Yeah. Because the Antichrist, unless he is fucking, unless he is like intentionally groomed to be evil, is just a fucking kid. I always prefer that. Yeah, like, like the Hellhound, when he shows up, the Hellhound is like this fucking massive, like, this massive, like, Great Dane crossed with a Dalmatian, crossed with a fucking bear-looking motherfucker. 
But then when the but then when the, and the kid was like talking about like hey, you know I, you know for birthday I kind of want a dog. And to start the start the end of the world, he needs to name the dog, and so he describes his dog, and they're like I just name him dog. So then this fucking massive bruiser turns into a border collie. That's hilarious. Yeah, and so he just fuck, and so then it's just this boy and his dog and his and the kid's friends. And his dog named Dog. Yeah. Just to, Which just, I'm not gonna lie, that's what I tend to do whenever I get a pet in a video game. I just name it whatever it is. Yeah. I do the same kind of thing with Pokemon. And oh, you play Pokemon? Um, occasionally, I occasionally I like. Okay, I need to try this. I need to see if I've grown out of my petty hatred of this. Then I play it and I go, "Oh no, wait! I still don't like random encounters." Well, it looks like the new one's getting rid of random encounters. That is why I'm actually thinking of buying it. Join us, dead man. <sighs> and so then, in a third weird tangent, all of this. There is this fucking lady who is the daughter of a witch who What the fuck are you doing? What? It sounds it sounds like you're screwing something into your microphone. I wasn't even touching my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird hiccup. Anyway, uh yeah, so there's this there's another lady who's like the daughter, who's like the great great granddaughter of a witch who wrote a book full of prophecies, all of which came true. That specifically kind of like gives her and her um, ancestors the chance to stop the end of the world. Like it's like the uh, completely accurate and nice predictions of Agatha Natter or something. It's just a weird fucking stupid fun name. And there's also just a bunch of fucking witch hunters just hanging out waiting to do, waiting to pop shit off. There's a lot of shit happening in this. Like this whole series is based off of a book. Written by two authors who essentially wrote back and forth trying to make the other one laugh. They're both brilliant, too. Yeah. So, and the series, like, carries a lot of that. Like, uh, David Tennant and uh, Michael Shannon. Michael Sheen, sorry. Not Michael Shannon. That's entirely different. That would be an entirely different show. Michael Sheen. Both of them have really great chemistry together. They play off each other really well. Uh, The entire supporting cast is great. Um, This just fucking... In like, this really insane kind of world and con and like you know machinations of everything that's happening, they've built all works really well, and it's a shame that it was only six episodes, and there might not be any more because this is again a series based off of a single book. Yeah, but was also I hope. I, I can hope that they won't try and uh, make more of it. Yeah. But what was also very funny uh, was that after the series had aired, uh, all of it at once, um, because, you know, it was a fucking binge series, um, One Million Moms, you know, that organization, uh, began to petition Netflix to cancel the series. Yeah, I saw that and just stopped <laughs> and laughed yeah. and laughed <laughs> and laughed. Yeah. Uh. So they petitioned Netflix to get rid of this series. Yes, they petitioned Netflix to cancel the six-episode limited-run Amazon series. Amazon series. It wasn't on Netflix. It was on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And that shit is hilarious to me on so many goddamn levels. Yeah. It was also like, hey, cancel this show that has already completed its run. Like, that's the other thing. 
of just. And it's not the first time they've done this stupidity either. No, they did to Lucifer. And look how well that turned out. Yep. <laughs> so well. Yeah, you'd think they would have. You think they would have petitioned Netflix to not pick it up when they heard it got picked up. Mm-hmm. Or do you think they don't know? <laughs> do, do you think they heard? Do you think they like stopped seeing Lucifer appear on Fox and thought they won? Oh, I hope not. After three I hope seasons, that they know they've lost. I want. I want the. I want them to know that they have suffered a loss. Because I'm an asshole. Well, they're assholes, so it's fine. Yeah. Remember, like two assholes make us something. Just when an asshole fucks an asshole, you just get shit everywhere. Yep, just pooping back and forth forever. That's a, anyway, moving on from there. America, fuck yeah. Yeah, so moving on from there, um, happy. So, a few months ago, I think. <laughs> Uh, Happy uh, concluded its second season. Fuck, it's so good. Happy's so fucking good. I goddamn love it. It is... Oh, something special. Like, that first season, they had the weird shit of, like... It was like, you know, the imaginary friend and stuff, and the fucking unkillable Nick Sachs. And they get to this one, and it's like, oh, so... The thing, so the weird fucking mascots on this children's show are flesh beings from another dimension that work f- that work for the will of the god of death, who is coming back having possessed the body of a fucking New York gangster to orcs to to begin orchestrating an assassination attempt on a child TV star that he made. Like, okay. Yeah, like like the, the whole thing the whole thing with this like this, this this fucking plan that begins to come to fruition in the season is the god of death Orcus built up Sunny Shine to be the most popular children's entertainer on the planet. In order to kill him live on the air so that a generation of children will grow up without hope. Shit, that got dark. Yeah. And here's the thing. The plan works. Yeah, it would work. Yeah, because the little girl who was originally going to be killing Sonny um, doesn't and accidentally shoots her dad, who's our main character. But then her mom comes out and just fucking with a shotgun just blasts two goddamn holes in Sonny's chest and he dies in the crowd. Why? And then you watch and then you watch this bunch of kids. Uh, because Sunny Shine kidnapped kidnapped uh, her daughter. Okay. Was and is also the primary crime boss for the majority of New York. Ah, well, that'll do you. And also, um, so Amanda, the character, uh, she was going through some kind of weird PTSD thing uh, after walking into one of uh, Sunny Shine's. Uh, Leather yif leather yif orgies, and so she was starting to like lose her mind and eventually turned to whippets. Before, what? yeah, it was it was a whole thing. Um, 
So she went to she went to fucking Shine Tower to confront Sunny, uh, who who she was then captured by the Wishies, which are the weird meat people. And turns out she's pregnant with a fucking clutch of Wishies. Which is why she's been feeling so fucking weird. So he gives her this weird fucking vial of what looks like semen. She drinks it and then feels amazing and is also on like she's on drugs. This show gets weird. No fucking kidding. And I kind of can't go more into it because I feel like I'm losing you. You've completely lost me. Happy is amazing. It's on Netflix. Check it out. It is this amazing cartoon insanity with this amazing performance from Christopher Maloney and this really fucking weirdly deep lore. Oh, it's so good. And I need there to be a third season. I need there to be because I don't think the one's been announced yet. Which is a shame and fucking... Jeff Goldblum is God. Well, of course he is. And Happy is like a love God who negates the powers of Orcus. Because there's one part like where they're in a hospital, and or- like they're, they're going to rescue they're going to rescue Amanda, and Orcus has the power to make anybody kill themselves. So like Nick goes shoot him, at which point Orcus kind of flicks his wrist, and then a patient just kind of dives in the way of the bullet. And it just happens over and over and over again. And then and the fucking happy rolls out, stares at everyone, and then everyone starts fucking. <laughs> no better way to counteract the feeling of death into uh, a firm life, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, also, this season, Happy loses his virginity. Oh, Lord. By having by having sex with a porcelain Bo Peep. Ew. And he does it by, and they do it by her riding his horn because he has a unicorn horn. Because the show is awesome. Oh, God. Happy's amazing. Anyway, uh, finally, last thing. We're there. Only an hour and 20 minutes into the show. So, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing has come out. It is the latest show from the DC Universe streaming app. It's it's good. You sound disappointed by that. I kind of am because I I feel like if it was bad, I could continue to shit all over that app. But now we're like, but now so it has. Uh, you can shit continue shitting all over it because it got canceled. Uh, it has not actually. What? Damn it! Yeah, so that was a rumor that was going around uh, following the cancellation of Swamp Thing, which I'll get into. Uh, but since then, uh, DC and Warner Brothers have come out and said, yo, we're not shutting down. That's stupid. No, I mean the the Swamp Thing was canceled. Swamp Thing was canceled, yes. Which is, un- which is, that's, 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 that's the, that's the thing. So you can continue shitting on it because they made an incompetent decision. So less than a week after the first episode aired, DC and Warner Brothers announced that they had Cancelled Swamp Thing. This is after greenlighting a second season of Titans and dragging their fucking feet on doing the same for Doom Patrol. 
God damn it. Anyway, Swamp Thing. Uh, so yeah, Swamp Thing, uh, the, the show at least, um, pulls a lot from the uh, Alan Moore and some concepts from the New 52 uh, era for Swamp Thing of like the lore and stuff. Like, like they're doing a lot more of the like classic horror movie stuff from the Alan Moore run of having Swamp Thing, you know, out in the swamp, being this weird creature and stuff, having a lot more horror elements in things. Uh, and they are pulling, and I believe the concept they're pulling for the New 52 is the rot, which is basically a third quote unquote evil kingdom. Cause within DC universe, there's a couple of different morphogenic fields that connect a bunch of different, a bunch of like different similar aspects of the world together. There's the red, which does animals. So, you know, animals and people, which is how animal man gets his powers. And then there is the green, which is which governs plant life, which is where Swamp Thing is from. And then there's the rot, which governs death. And for the most part, these things are supposed to exist in harmony, but every once in a while, the rot gets uppity. And it's like, no, we're going to take over. Meh. Not realizing that you kind of can't have a kingdom of death if there's nothing around to die. Like that, it's always a thing that bugs me with these things. It's like we exist, in, we exist in a care, we exist in like a careful homeostasis that needs to be this exact level. Otherwise, everything falls into fucking disarray. And then the one dude is like, "But I want to be, but I want to be powerful now." And then just fucking goes nuts. Well, isn't that how it usually happens? Yeah, I but, mean, but it's, it's 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 again, it's like, hey, friend, what would you rather have? Would you rather have food for the rest of your existence, or have one really good meal right now? And most sentient beings are stupid. <laughs> but the but the, the things that the things that make these choices are people, and the things that the things that govern these powers are omnipotent sentient omnipotent omnipotent fields of energy that govern all life and existence. Are they sentient? Then they're stupid. <laughs> Because sentient beings are stupid, but the, but the ones that govern the powers don't want to break the truce. It's only their avatars who they could take the powers away from that do that. Oh well, there's your problem. They gave sentient beings superpowers. That's where the problem lies. It's fucking. It's anyway. Like whenever a sentient being gets power, they want more. Anyway, Swamp Thing is really cool. Um, it is. Yeah, like, th- there's a lot of different elements going on with a uh, with a uh, fucking this. Uh, Madame Xanadu is in it, uh, but she's like a instead of being a you know white instead of being like a gypsy lady, she is a a black lady, an old black lady in Louisiana. Yeah, she's doing tarot reading and stuff. Um, she does them mainly out of the upstairs of a bar that kind of like like that opens up into the swamp. You had me until you said opens up into the swamp. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I don't think there's anywhere in Louisiana that has a bar that just opens up into the swamp. Well, they have it in Murray. The town that takes place in. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the main kind of focal point of the series is uh, Abby Arcane, a doctor for the CDC who comes back to her small, comes back to the hometown of Murray. Uh, after this weird fucking 
thing that's that they've dubbed the green fever begins spreading. Which she is she gets all evil dead up in this shit, I'm betting. A little bit, yeah. Like people start I don't know what's worse, the fact that you understood me or the fact that I expected you to understand me. Like no one gets no one gets treed like evil dead, but one guy does get it one guy does get ripped into seven bits by trees. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, the fact that I that, that you understood or the fact that I expected you to understand. I've told you many times before that Evil Dead is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. But there's a lot in that movie I could have been referencing. We're talking about plants. <laughs> that's there why was this, one that's thing why you show, referenced. That's why this show should be called Panic Attacks and Penises. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so she comes back and things are rough because apparently she was in good with the local rich guy and like the local rich family's daughter. And then she was there when she died, so the local rich family hates her. That makes perfect sense. Well, they blame her for the death because, because hey, in the most recent episode, uh, we learned that uh, she was that we learned that the local rich daughter uh, was pulled into the swamp and drowned by a mysterious monster force that no one knows about. And so, Yay. and so, a teenager who knows nothing of weird magic shit is like, oh, I killed my friend, and everyone who wasn't there is like, oh, she killed her friend. Fair. Yeah. Well, the people who know her are like, oh, it was an accident, you know, dumb kids, whatever. The rich family, uh, the 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 patriarch of that rich family, is like, is like, hey, it's it sucks. Like our like our like our daughter died, and I blamed you for a while, but it was it was dumb kids. You know, no hard feelings. Welcome back home. Meanwhile, the wife. Meanwhile, the the mom, the, the wife of that fucking rich family is like, is like, hey. Once the people here aren't dying, you fucking leave. If that daughter dies, if, the, if this young girl dies, the fucking patient zero dies, I'm going to kill you. You killed my daughter, get fucked. That sounds like the South. Yeah. And yeah, so there's this big fucking conspiracy shit going on. Um, like, there, like, there are people out in the fucking swamp dropping, like, fucking time-release capsules of plant mutagen. That because that's what we need more mutagen. Ooh, I yeah, dro- dropping plant mutagen out into the fucking swamp to for as of yet unclear purposes. All of it being funded by the local rich guy, uh, Doctor Jason Woodrow is around. And for those who know comics, know that he eventually turns into the Floronic Man, and is the cause of poison ivy. Yes. And also, he's played by Kevin Durand, an amazing actor who I fucking love. Yes, he played the. Uh, you, you've you've watched this. You've watched some of the Strain, right? Yeah, I've watched some of the Strain. Yeah, he's the he's the exterminator. Oh, I like him. Yeah, he's great. He's one of my fa- he's one of my favorite like genre actors. Yeah, so he's in here as a nerdy, weedly scientist. Who's, who's a giant asshole? Oh yeah, so that's all happening. Um, and then there is, of course, Swamp Thing, Alec Holland, a regular old scientist who gets murdered super hard to death in the first episode. But somehow that, but somehow none of that actually kills him. 
Like so he gets he gets shot twice with a shotgun and then blown up. And then the thing that gets him is the plants come to life and dig into his flesh and make him swamp thing. And that's how he died. <laughs> By being turned into swamp thing. What a world. Yeah, so that's, that's that big conspiracy. There's a fucking reporter there who's a friend of Abby's who's like fucking digging into Avery Sunderland, the rich man, and trying to figure out what the shit happened. Um, meanwhile, the cops, specifically the sheriff of the local area, is fucking Sunderland and appears to be dissatisfied by having to investigate a murder as part of her job. Yeah, that sounds like the South. Yeah. And then and there's there's a lot of fucking shit going on. Like fucking the Blue Devil is in this. Seriously? Yeah, the Blue Devil's in here, played by the lead actor from Sharknado. I have to watch this. Which show. is just kind of hilarious. Just fucking failed actor Dan Cassidy, played by Ian Ziering. It's kind of perfect. And he's actually fucking kind of great. He's in this uh, for some unspecified reason. Um, in the most recent episode, he tried to leave town. And when he did, his arm caught on fire. Yay. Be- because it turned out he's- he sold his soul to the devil in order to play the blue devil. And the powers that be want him in fucking Murray for some reason that they won't fucking tell him because the powers that be are assholes. Well, we already knew that. But. Yeah. Madam Xanadu's there. There's fucking this weird ghost shit going on. Uh, and then Alec Holland, as Swamp Thing, is tr- learning what he is and also learning that the green is a thing. Yeah, it's just it's just a really good fucking show. Uh, they, uh, James Wan, uh, the like horror influences are very much there. Uh, there's a lot of like really good body horror stuff. Uh, the Swamp Thing suit looks fucking incredible. Uh, it's being uh, so as as Alec Holland, he's being played by a different actor. But as uh, the but as in suit, he's being played by Derek Mears, who has a long history of playing fucking big ass monsters in fucking movies and shit. Let me see if I can pull up like an actual IMDb like filmography for him. I thought that you might have seen him in anyway. Uh yeah, there's, there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, so I'll not be looking all through all that because I do not have time. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, he's he's a really is like a big fucking like suit actor guy, and so he he is actually on screen more as Swamp Thing. Like the character is on on, on screen more as Swamp Thing than as the actual guy playing the human. Well, that's how it should be. Yeah, and in it's my opinion, anyway. and it's kind of great. Uh, Derek Mears, he's a solid actor. And having and having this amazing fucking suit uh, really goes a long way with the character. Um, yeah, there's just so much fucking in this that could lead out, that could spin out into so many other things, and they fucking canceled it after an episode. Well, you know why they canceled it? Why's that? It went massively over budget. Fair. Yeah. But they could have allocated more of a budget. Like, what? What the? What the fuck else are they spending the money on? Titans? Of course they aren't. Well, yeah, they got to get those shitty flame effects done somehow. Fuck! I'll do them for free. <laughs> we'll just shoot it on a piece of red fruit roll up. 
<laughs> I'm going to MS Paint and animate fire going across the No, I'll, I'll just I'll just fucking get like a weird like water drop effect to have that come out of her hands and just go to Mike and just go <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Like what you think Brenton Thwaites commands that much of fucking salary? Oh, you, you just offer to give his fucking wooden heart a new la- some new lacquer and you can fucking get him on set forever. <laughs> Good God. The DC Universe app is this fucking weird, like speaking of homeostasis, it's this weird fucking nightmare that exists in, exists in this like plane of being at equal times too shitty and good enough to justify its own existence. Because, like, just kind of as a thing, like, having access to these big, this fucking back archive of comics, a bunch of their animated stuff, um, the fucking, ju- fucking young, young Justice, Young Justice, that was great, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, f- for that one season it got, those are all great, but then, canceling Swamp Thing, Titans, not renewing Doom Patrol, Titans, Titans again, they're fulfilling my prophecy. What prophecy was that? Uh, that they would base they would flounder at existence for a while before digging themselves in so deep that they either had to admit their failings or uh, destroy a, at least a small portion of the company's uh, financial background. They won't admit their mistakes. They're a company, not a person. Exactly. Oh God. My prediction, as it was and as it will stand, is that this app will damage DC for a long time to come. I can't damage them more than the movies already have. Mm, the movies still made money. Yeah, and I'm pe- predicting this will. I'm predicting this will hemorrhage money before they admit. They they aren't releasing numbers on this yet, but I'm actually actually am curious now what their fucking numbers are for this. Anyway, that's all I got. On to me. So speaking of penises and panic attacks, I had a panic attack uh, a little while ago. Woo! Uh, as people who have been listening for a while know, I'm a writer. Uh, I've recently submitted to publishing agents, and because of who I am, I had a panic attack about that. Um, so I decided that instead of searching out something that that, I, that might be good, or watch a uh, Great British Bake Off episode, I'd watch a show from my childhood. Thus enters Max Steel. Not the remake, new series thing. But the original one from like the two thousands. You mean not the, I talked you mean about not the two thousand seventeen live action remake? Oh lord! I, I, oh lord! Was it two thousand seventeen? I don't care. I don't care either. Um, I'm talking about the one where the CGI looks horrifying and is horrifying. I mentioned it a little while ago that I had uh, tried watching the first episode and the CGI turned me off immediately. Well, I'm happy to report that if you can make it past that, it's actually mostly entertaining. Uh, so long as you aren't paying attention to the, uh, oh, relationship drama. It's actually a pretty decent action show with a lot of 
like interesting shit going on because you've got i think you've got at least three active villains that you have to pay no four active villains two of whom i can't remember the names of uh there's la stranger who is a cyborg wearing a robot wearing a mask uh i don't know how much robot he is it's been an age since i originally watched the series so i can't remember much about it uh you've got psycho who is also a cyborg whose face pops off. Uh, he had the best toy. Because his, his toy's special feature was just that his face came off, and that's all that it needed. It was the best action figure. Because Psycho without his face is fucking terrifying. Um, and he's honestly like one of the main antagonists. He's the one who's able to go up against Max and like actually succeed in fighting him toe-to-toe most often. Um, then there's main villain dude who seems to be in charge of all the villains. Uh, I don't remember his name, but, uh, yeah, he's very good at like taking a loss well and then turning it around and being like, we may have lost this battle, but I have ways to win this war. So I like him. And then we've got female villainess whose shtick is I'm going to disguise myself as like, females that you would trust in order to infiltrate your organization. And she's damned good at it. Like, no joke, she's probably one of the best infiltrators in any TV show, period. Because she's able to fool the good guys for a long fucking time. She's able to sustain her disguises, able to keep them off guard, able to manipulate them into doing what she wants... And all while still maintaining her other operations, which is damned impressive. She's probably one of his most effective soldiers. But it's an action series. So where I am now, I'm at like episode 10, and we're getting subtle hints of plot. But we really haven't gotten solid into the meat and the potatoes of it. Um, for a brief, a uh, kid named... Josh McGrath, I think, gets adopted by this black dude who works for Intech, which pretends to be a sporting goods store, but is actually, like, a UN super spy organization. This new season of Power uh, Rangers? No, this is, uh, Max Steel. I was away, so I made a joke on my turn. Oh, Max Steel. Uh, but he gets infected with nanites. Uh, gets superpowers from it and decides to join the family business of being a super spy. Nano machine, son. Yeah, pretty much, actually. <laughs> like, I, they, nano machines with really shitty battery life. I mean, it's. I mean, it's hard. It's hard making a good battery that small. This is back but, in like the early two thousands, man. Fucking one lithium ion battery was the size of a car. I don't know. I don't know anything about batteries. Seal. Max Steel, it was a good show. The remake series was pretty good. Um, I highly recommend both. If you can, if you can find them, watch them. They're, it's a good, it's a good way to de-stress because nothing in the show matters. It's just a, <laughs> it's just a dumb CGI animated show. So it's, 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 it's nice to watch when you're feeling stressed out and having a panic attack. Um, but moving on, uh, I also finally, finally. Saw Kong Skull Island. Hell yeah, dude. Birdie had been trying, like, I say trying. Birdie told me he was going to make me watch it and then never got around to making me watch it until after we saw the Godzilla movie. Oh, you fucker. 
Like the new what? one or? Yeah, the new one. Oh, you fucker. What? I haven't seen it yet, and I don't, I don't think it's coming. I don't think it's coming to my theater either. I'm not going to spoil it. So I need to wait for it to fucking come out before I can see what is apparently the fucking, the fucking beast dick Godzilla movie. Oh, I fucking loved it. It was, it's the best Godzilla movie America's ever made. And it's better than some of the Godzilla movies Japan has made. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I've heard. Um, but yeah, Kong Skull Island. I really like the retelling. And I don't like it at the same time. Okay. Because there are some elements that don't work for me at all. There are some elements that... Is it the humans? No, the humans actually work really well. I pre- I like the humans. Huh. Um, yeah. I especially... I love the ending where that, that pilot gets to fi- finally go home. See his family. And the entire movie I was like, no. Logically speaking, his wife has moved on. Like, you don't get to have your family back. You've been gone for 40 years. But obviously his family's waiting for him. And he just gets to watch a baseball game. Like, yeah. That that was that's really good. I, I liked that a lot. Yeah, like John C. Riley was kind of the standout human for a lot of people. Like him and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my god, he's another one that I fucking hated. Oh. His character makes no sense. Isn't his character, is, even when, isn't his character just... We gotta kill Kong. His character is psychopathically driven military man. And up to a point, it makes sense. But when he is presented with a greater threat, the right thing to do is rally against the greater threat. Instead, he hyper focuses on, nah, I'm gonna kill the guy who killed my men, even though I'm the one who got my men killed when we were supposed to be done. Because it's all his fault. And and arguments can be made that he was just looking for someone to blame or something like that. But no, he infuriates me. And Samuel L. Jackson played the role well. The character infuriates me. And I'll admit that he infuriates me because he was the bad guy. (laughs) He did it right. He played it right. He was great in the film. I just really don't like that character because it really irritated the piss out of me. Oh, and there's also the fucking death of Shea Wiggum. What? Uh, <gasps> the grenades. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, just, oh, my God. Yeah, and then just boop. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. I, I, I spent more of this movie laughing than I should have. Well, no, that, that's kind of the point. I genuinely like this, did. Like, that, that, that's kind of the point of the movie like this like with with a movie the the movie like the movie like this feels like it was made by someone who knows that this is a movie that you kind of laugh at all the bad things that happen i suppose because like of course i did i did the same thing during godzilla so yeah like this is a giant monster movie you're not here for fucking like human pathos and to feel bad for all those fuckers dying because this isn't the first godzilla movie this is a fucking godzilla adjacent movie that is like the fucking ninety thousandth one. At this point, we're just here. For, we're just here for the fucking like cheer, like at a sporting event. Yeah. Uh, also, the the monsters, the skull crawlers, they were boring. Yeah, yeah, they were. It was a mediocre design, a boring monster, bad motivation. Like, woo! 
you want to take over the world? Yeah, okay. like uh, yeah, the skull crawlers, despite being the second most important monster in the movie, is the least interesting. And that, yeah. that's Samuel a L. Jackson is a more interesting monster in this movie. Yeah, like that. Those fucking spiders. Oh yeah, those things. I oh those those things those I was li- I was I was curled into a fucking ball. Oh no, same here. They were great. Yeah, they were perfect, and it makes sense how they would have evolved that way. Yeah, oh my but God, then though. yeah, and like Kong, the the, way, the changes they made to Kong. Like, cause, like, cause Kong was just like, "Hey, I'm big monkey," but then I'm big monkey, but sad. And but with this, like, they made it a bit. They made him a bit more of a person, almost. Yeah, they gave him personality, gave him more of an identity. Yeah, and like, it was one of my favorite moments was when like he pieced together the like I can use these anchors as weapons because <laughs> it makes so much sense when you look at it as he's an ape. They're tool using animals. Yeah. But then you look at his face, and it's just kind of like, kind of got this moment of, oh, I'm gonna wreck some house. I'm like, and that's humanity. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of great. Uh, like, because th- that that whole thing, like, he, he was actually played by two actors. Really? Yeah, they had one guy doing the uh, like body like the body capture motion stuff, and then they had a different actor doing his facial capture. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I can't remember the. Uh, you probably don't know the act. You don't know the actor's name. I don't remember the character name. I don't remember a lot about him. It was one of the. Uh, one of the soldiers who kind of died off on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was the one. I think it was like the first one to meet Kong or like see Kong. Uh, actor name was Tony Kebbell. Uh, did you ever see that Fant Four stick? No, I have self respect. We both know that's a lie. <laughs> hey, I have plenty of self respect, just not when it comes to watching things with you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, did you see the trailers for it? Uh, do you, like, do you know the do you know the guy who played Doctor Doom in that? No. Fuck. I don't need to know every actor dead, man. We can just move on. But anyway, uh, yeah, Tony Kebbell, uh, who was an actor in the movie, uh, he he did the facial he did the facial capture for Kong. And yeah, that's that. Yeah, I I just I loved the moments when we got to see a little bit of humanity in Kong. Like the moments of compassion, the moments of realization. Yeah, and like to be fair, what? those have been there with the character. It's just harder when you can't like actually see a face. Yeah, like like having like having that be like like the original one that was just fucking that was just a puppet. Uh, the Peter Jackson one got close with some of that. It's just the rest of the movie was kind of shitty. Yeah, and the game was even worse. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, I, I I played that game. I played the demo for that game. One of my friends, uh, one of my friends found it in a bargain bin and was like, want to get drunk? <laughs> and I was like, no, not if I have to play that. <laughs> but I played it. I played it and got drunk. It was did, did, he, did he find it in a bargain bin of alcohol? Like, did it come bundled with a fucking, like, fifth of Hennessy? <laughs> no, it was in like a, like a, like a Walmart bargain bin. <laughs> That's gotta be a thing. Like, there's gotta be some motherfucker out in Portland, probably. Has got to have a store. This like whole thing is pairing shitty media with alcohol. <laughs> like, like you, like you. Wanna, I want that. I want to go there. I want to go there. Like you uh, and like you and like four friends come in. You pay like a hundred bucks. 
like, or, or, like, we'll judge by the, like, depending on the, depending on the amount of alcohol you want, like, two, like maybe two hundred bucks, like fifty bucks a person or something. You sit down in like an air conditioned self, like self contained theater with like a really good sound system, and then just someone you gotta just, provide you got to provide snackage, so yeah. probably two fifty. Yeah, um, and then someone just brings in a tray of just fucking hard liquor, and you just sit down for like three hours. Watch it, watch or like sit down for like five hours, watch like a string of just shit ass movies and get fucking blasted. Ah, you guys are watching the Sharknado films. Yes. Well, I recommend Shark Bites for this. No, so the price depends on the the price depends on what movies they're seeing because you can buy different packages. Yeah. Like you want you going for like a single movie, which is just like this. You, you are you going for like a a series of like connected movies, or you can go in for like a fucking dumbass thing like yo in for like yo in like pay a thousand bucks and watch every fucking nightmare on elm street movie oh i see you're watching adam sandler films yes here's some bleach vodka i recommend vodka i was like oh you're watching adam sandler movies just comes in with isopropyl alcohol (laughs) you'll thank me later oh man but yeah kong skull island i'm very happy that i saw it uh it was a very good movie um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So, but uh, what? So, what lives with Kong, Skull Island, and its position now? What are your thoughts? Just kind of going. What are your thoughts like now? A year out from Kong versus Godzilla. I'm excited for it. Okay. When I was a kid and found out about King Kong versus Godzilla, the original movie, I got super hyped for it. It was. It, it was the East meets the West. It was giant monsters face off. I didn't understand that they weren't the same size. I'm excited for it, and I'm also wary. Okay. Because if it ends in anything but a draw, they have betrayed both characters. Yeah, like, it's kind of a thing where you kind of can't really... Like, Kong versus, Kong versus Godzilla, the only way I see that ending is... Well, sorry, the only way I see that movie progressing is there will be three fights. It will be it will be fucking Kong versus Godzilla, which will end in a draw. It will it will be it will be either it'll be one of those monsters versus the bad guy monster, which they will lose, and the final fight will be the two of them teaming up to go fight the big bad monster they have to fucking beat. See, I actually, I, I foresee a different okay. uh, ultimate conflict. I foresee the two of them meeting up and having the conflict of alphas um, with all the other monsters gathered behind them. But while they're distracted with each other, I see the skull crawlers coming back. <laughs> because the skull crawlers weren't defeated, they were driven off. So oh, I foresee God, the, the skull, skull crawlers coming skull back crawlers. and being the primary antagonist of this film. That's what that's what I see. I see like a skull crawler king or something like that. But no, yeah, it, no, it's a similar kind. Of, that's kind of what just what I said. It's like a, it's like they will be like there will be a big bad guy monster that the two of them have to team up to fight because unless it is like th- these guys are these guys have been at ultimate points the both the good and bad guys of their franchise but right now they are currently positioned in the good guy camp they are they are currently in the middle of their face era neither one of them has taken a heel turn yet so they kind of like 
yes, you are right. None, neither of them can win a fight against each other. So the only way they can actually have this have any kind of satisfying end at all is they have to fight something else. Yeah, they have to fight something else. Uh, they can't. Uh, we could get uh, Mecha Godzilla or Mecha Ghidra. I mean, they we could get. Hmm? I think didn't they just introduce Ghidorah, King Ghidorah? Yeah. So how could so I feel like having like the like the movie before be yo it's fucking King Ghidorah he's out here and then it's like oh hey it's King Ghidorah but a bit worse. <laughs> well, they could go for Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, like I'm thinking uh Batra. Batra could be a villain. I'm thinking I mean, I'm I'm thinking you like you wouldn't really you wouldn't really be able to handle the two of them, yeah. but Yeah, I am trying to rack my I'm trying I'm currently going through the very 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 small catalog I have in my brain of Godzilla monsters I know. Because I haven't seen that many Godzilla movies. I've seen them all. Yeah, so I'm like trying and to th- there aren't many. Ooh, Space Godzilla could be a good uh, threat. That's a thing. Desotroya. Desotroya could come in. Though I don't I don't think I think it'll be like I think they'll try and make it one of their own original creations that comes in as a threat. Yeah, like th- that's the only way I could really see this going like it's the fucking Return of the Mudos or something. Yeah. Doubt it, but potentially. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that was that's Kong Skull Island. I recommend it. I recommend Godzilla. I recommend anything kaiju related so that they keep making kaiju shit because I love kaiju. <laughs> uh, on to The Great Escape for children. Chicken Run. Uh, I've talked about it before. I'm going to talk about it again. I love this movie. Uh, and I love the fact that I discovered my DVD has possibly the best special feature ever created. And what's that? Um, I don't know which version my DVD is, but uh, on the like title screen, play movie screen, there's a section that says panic. <laughs> and if I move my cursor over to it, it plays one of the scenes where the chickens freak out. <laughs> and it's hilarious. I noticed it. I went over to it, clicked on it. My wife looked up from her computer because she was playing The Sims. And if she's doing something, there's no distracting her unless it's really good. And she demanded I hit that five or six times and i had no problem with it it was hilarious okay then <laughs> oh man oh no uh so chicken run for those of you who don't know uh it's the great escape with chickens um no one dies except for one chicken at the very beginning who we don't ever get to know so it doesn't matter um yeah it's the great escape with chickens it's it's fun, it's lighthearted, it's got its dark moments, uh, it's got the husband trying to murder the wife at the end. Yeah, Chicken yeah. Run. Chicken Run's great. Yeah, it's Chicken Run. It's a good movie, I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, then what are you doing with your life? I just Google searched Chicken Run panic button. And? And one of the first results that came up was someone who was filming their own TV, and they were switching between different inputs... Uh, to line it up so that the chickens would react to Stoic dying in How to Train Your Dragon 2. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Stoic, yeah, like fucking Toothless shoots Stoic with a fucking fireball. The mom is there reacting, and then cuts, and then cut to, whatever we do, we mustn't panic. 
That is awesome. Oh my god, that person is a champion. But again, it wasn't. They, they could have. They could have edited it. They could have like gone like fucking Windows Movie Maker and cut that shit proper. But instead, they filmed on their phone with apparently a broken microphone. Their TV, as they switched to the DVD, they switched to the DVD input for fucking for fucking the, the whatever, and then switched over to a different input for Chicken Run. Dude. Live life. You live life however you want to live it. That's not living life. That's uploading a video to YouTube. And that's how they want to upload their videos. They they want to be incompetent, so let them be incompetent. Uh, anyway. So, on to something that I haven't talked about. I know. Rare. Yeah. <laughs> really. Um, I got to watch Batman versus TMNT. Yes, I have not seen this yet, but I read the comic. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, the comic. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. There were some moments where I was like, ugh. But that comes from being an adult watching media that is mostly directed at kids. Though this is the first thing Batman or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I've seen that actively showed blood and murder on screen. Oh, no, yeah, Batman's been doing that for a couple years now. Well, I haven't seen it. Yeah, Alfred blows up the... Uh, Alfred blows up the Mad Hatter's head. Fuck. Yeah, like, he gets, into a fucking, he gets into a fist fight with the Mad Hatter, punches him into a fucking, like, circuit board, like, fucking, like, an open... Which movie? Uh, Bad Blood. Okay, I'll have to look for that. Yeah, I also think we get to watch, like, a grown-up Damien die from a stab wound. Uh, Damien Wayne? Yeah. No. Uh, not in this. I mean, in uh, the fucking oh. Bad Blood. Well, I have no problem with him dying. Yeah, because because in Bad Blood, uh, it is uh, talking about uh, like some other shit. And uh, there is Heretic, and Heretic is a grown up cloned version of a uh, grown up cloned version of Damien that uh, Talia Al Ghul made in hopes of either bringing her son back or bringing her son back to the fold or killing her son so that she can have a better son. Yeah, so Talia's uh, a really premise, good mom. Basic premise of Batman versus TMNT. Um, there's exactly one fight in Batman versus TMNT between Batman and TMNT, and I have a problem with it. Okay, because Batman wins. I hate that. Yeah, fair. Batman. That's, that's fair. Had just gotten the shit kicked out of him by fucking Shredder. And then he beats up all four of, of the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Master martial artists and trained ninjas. Who had who beaten the Shredder. Arguably, who arguably, individually, should at least be nearing Batman's level. Mm, I'd say, just from my own experience, um, Leo is about on par. Like Leo is the closest to being Batman. Raph could give Bats a run for his money, but it's it's a similar kind of thing where Raph is just kind of a bit too angry. Mikey put up a fight, but would get his ass kicked, and Donnie would just get fucking worked. But that's exactly why I'm annoyed. The four of them together should be able to handle one Batman. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's if it was if it was the Bat Family versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that'd be a different story. I'd actually give it to Batman. 
But yeah, it's it was it's one kind of thing that happened in the comic uh, where uh, the turtles break into the Bat Cave and then Batman whips all their asses, so so Splinter has to step in and beat them. Well, in the movie, they just walk run into each other in an alleyway, mm. and and the the turtles assume that the Batman is the guy that the Shredder's working with. And get the shit kicked out of them. I mean, that is kind of understandable. Same thing happened with the, same thing happened with the Power Rangers. It's just, uh, I, I, this is really the biggest problem I have with the movie is that Batman wins that fight without having to retreat. Yeah, like they could have easily rewritten it and just had it, him later on be sparring with Leo, and Leo's like, "Oh, you're better than I thought you were." And he's like, "Yeah, I just gotten beaten up by the Shredder, so." Yeah, actually, it's it's a thing. Like, like Batman beats them, and then he gets to do a one on one fight with Leo, and Leo knocks the feet out from under him. Yeah, like Leo gets Batman on his back. It is it is a phenomena I call bat fapping, <laughs> where people who are fans of Batman give him way too much fucking credit. I love Batman. Batman is not a god. Yeah, Period. Batman is. Batman is a mortal man. It's why it's called Batman. Well, that doesn't really work as Superman. Yes, but he is a Superman. He is everything we we hope to be. I don't hope to help people. Like that, I I, I don't hope to go out and do things while my family sits at home worrying about me dying. I meant to have superpowers, dead man. I didn't mean morally. <laughs> and I mean, I guess you're not wrong. Anyway, Batman TMNT. Uh, yeah, I, I've been I've been meaning to see this. Like, it's been out for a little while now, and I have been meaning to actually it's, sit it's down and well watch it. It's well worth a watch. It's well worth a watch. It's very amusing. Um, again, there were a few moments where I was like, really? That doesn't work with this character. But overall, I liked it. I liked, uh, I actually, for once in my goddamn life, liked Damian Wayne. Yeah, Damian Wayne gets better. Like, um, I liked the way they portrayed Barbara Gordon in this. I always love seeing her in a Bat- Batgirl costume. I always think it's fun. Um, Mikey gets to, I'm, like, I, this is... Like, the tiniest bit of a spoiler, but it won't really ruin anything. Mikey gets to push a button. (laughs) (laughs) And my favorite moment in this movie is Damien then responding, I always wanted to do that. Hmm. (laughs) And it's just, it's such a great moment. And it's something that I've always wanted to see. So, because I've always asked myself, why does Batman have the buttons if no one's allowed to press them? Yeah. Uh, how's the voice cast? They're solid. Because, like, Troy Baker as Batman and Joker, I've seen those before, but... And, like, Eric Baza uh, as Leonardo. Eric Baza has been a... Is, like, a fucking... He's prolific. I had no problems with any of the voice cast. Yeah, but like, I... Like, none of them stood out as particularly good or bad to me, so... Like, I had no problems with them. Yeah, it's always, it's always a thing going into these, like, going into these movies and stuff where like the, like like that the TMNT show that was on like not like a couple years ago 
animated the one. Nickelodeon one? Yeah, the Nickelodeon one. Like, I am, I like so much, like right now, associate those voices with the characters that it's still, it's going to be a bit of a transition, like getting used to other people in those roles. Yeah, I understand. I feel the same way. Have you seen Whenever that? I hear a different Joker, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, that ain't Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. I was like, oh, right, yeah. Have you have you seen that new TMNT show? No, I have not. Yeah, I I'm not excited for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of weirded out by like Rafas Tomfas. I'm okay with them changing up weapons. I really am. Like they've done it in the past, and ninjas would constantly train with a variety of weapons so that they would all be good. Like yeah, but it's it's a matter of just like the like signature weapons are a thing. Like yeah, them changing up every once in a while that happens. Like it happened in the fucking uh, Nickelodeon series where they changed well, up where they changed up pretty much everything about them. Mikey uh, didn't always use nunchaku. He would alternate between nunchaku, kunai with chain, grapple hook in the original series. Mm-hmm. It's just. It, Things have been. I've been used to things in a certain way. Mm, I am. I change. am. A, yes, I change am a com- is I am, good thing. I am a comic book fan. Change worries me. Change good. Despite man. despite me sitting on the comics podcast screaming how we need to change things. Change good. Yeah, I. I don't know that that new rise of the TMNT. I have. I've been weary about giving it a chance. Everything I've seen about it doesn't look good. <laughs> like, I don't like the animation style. I don't like the voices they chose for them. I don't like the per- personalities that were portrayed in the advertisements. So, yeah. It, it's, is it still going? Did they cancel it? I have no idea. Okay, no. We're still, we're still on the fucking first season. That's, but yeah, that's that what so I've been weird. Watching. Like I heard about that, and then like just nothing, and then like oh, it's been a season. Also, why the fuck is Raphael top build? Ah, uh, he's the leader. Fucking what? <laughs> if I remember correctly, he's the leader. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> Oh, that's my favorite moment. Now. Another we're watching then. Uh, news-wise, we only got really one thing that kind of stood out to me in the last couple of uh, month, uh, and that is that the Russo brothers, after making fucking Endgame, uh, they're they have announced they are working with Netflix to develop a animated series based off of Magic: The Gathering. I am a big fan of this. I like the Russos, and I really love magic. I'm a fan of Magic the Gathering. I don't really know much about the Russos, so I'll wait because I am wary. Magic the Gathering has a lot of great storylines to it. It's also got a lot of really dumb storylines. I am wary. I am wary, and I reserve the right to be wary. Yeah, of course you fucking do. Uh, the main thing that I'm kind of worried about is what story they're going to be uh, what story they're going to be like turning into a thing which seems to be some kind of gatewatch thing 
That's what the current talks are suggesting. Because, yeah, after, like, what, 12 expansion packs dealing with the Gatewatch? What we need is a Gatewatch story. And not, you know, literally anything else. Eh, some people are excited for the Gatewatch story. I specifically know one person. Hyper into Magic the Gathering. Like, he's actually partially the reason I got back into Magic the Gathering. Personally, eh. I'd like some shit about New Phyrexia. Well, maybe if the Gatewatch series does well, they'll do a New Phyrexia series. Yeah, let's There's just, a lot of story material to be mined here, dude. Yeah, let's get some fucking Mirrodin up in there, some slow bad. Just fucking slow bad and the goddamn and his goddamn buddies defeat Memnark and save well, we'll stop the Crucible of Worlds, and then slow bad just gets fucking murdered by a bunch of goblins. God. Justice for slow bad. Yeah, we, we, that's pretty much all we have at this point. Just, just it is happening. It's going to be about planeswalkers. The the key, the, the fucking promo art show Chandra. I hope they make Jason and Liliana fuck. <laughs> They're my two favorite planeswalkers. So, uh, I should make them in uh, the Sims. <laughs> that's They're your, my two favorite planeswalkers. That's your that's your Simsess story. A fucking fanfic about Jason Liliana living in suburbia. No, because one of them would have to die of old age. And I'm not going to do that to either of them. What do you mean one of them has to die of old age? Oh, uh, my whichever Sim I continue the story with, A, has to be able to impregnate others. And B, has to keep getting remarried. Because that's the only way I can keep track of time in The Sims. Yeah, so wives. yeah, so Jason and Liliana have a co- have a kid. You are their kid. Oh God, that would be even scarier. Yeah, the fucking might do that. The fucking weird immortal planeswalker kid who fucking makes a bunch of bad business decisions and then keeps forgetting about them. <laughs> Man, why do I keep changing jobs? <laughs> Man, they just yeah. keep firing me, and then I immediately get hired into a better position in a new place. It's weird. Where'd I get these tattoos? You know, I was a superstar actor for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually... No, I'm in this movie. Yeah. I got in a war. You gotta, make a, a you gotta make a sim that fucks with them. Call, you gotta make a sim based on the Raven Man that just fucks with them. <laughs> I might actually do that. I might do, like, the... The child of two immortal beings kind of storyline. Yeah, there's there's a lot of shit you can mine in magic. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, other uh, news-wise, otherwise, but I haven't really been finding anything. Like, nothing's really popped up that's been like, hey, interesting. Just kind of... Pfft. Anyway. It's good and bad. <laughs> yeah, so, moving on. New releases-wise for this week. Spider-Man. Do you care about anything else? No. There you go. There's kind of nothing else. Like I'm, like I'm looking at new releases for this week. I have heard of Spider-Man. I have heard of nothing else. Next week, there's even less I've heard about. Which is to say, there is nothing I've heard about next week. Like, have you ever heard of Ray and Liz or Stuber? I unfortunately have suffered through many an ad for Stuber. I haven't. I've never even heard of this fucking thing. 
Oh, wait. Oh, I, okay. I saw a trailer. I saw one trailer for this like a month ago and then immediately forgot it existed. I'm going to describe the entirety of the film before I've even, before I've even been forced to potentially suffer through it. I mean, a cop who suffers from vision problems and refuses to wear glasses calls an Uber and then kidnaps that Uber in order to try and get his help to solve a, a case that could end up saving the entire city. Together they have numerous hijinks and then solve the case. I mean, you want me to do my joke reading of the description? Sure. Well, my old man Uber driver named Stu picks up a passenger who turns out to be a cop hot in the trail of a brutal killer. He starts into a harrowing ordeal. Where he desperately tries to hold on to his wits, his life, and his five-star rating. Come watch as the lead actor from the raid is wasted in this bullshit. Ugh. Come watch the train wreck that's not actually going to be that entertaining. It's currently sitting at a 57. Which feels about... doesn't deserve it. No, this this feels... Like, for us, yeah, but it does feel like the kind of just middle-of-the-road bullshit. Man, I need to watch the raid again. <laughs> I did not know. Uh, I'm probably gonna butcher this name, but Iko Uwais. I did not know he was in this movie, and I'm just like, fuck yeah! I need to see the raid. I need to watch the raid again. That movie was so fucking good. Both of them were. Huh, anyway, that's gonna do for this week. Thank you for joining us. I'm fucking hungry, and I have to go to the bathroom. I wasn't leading that into like an ending thing, but I guess we'll see you guys next time. (laughs) Goodbye. Have a wonderful time.